This week on Moms Moving On. The co-parent gets the opportunity to rise to the occasion. Even if they don't rise to the level that you want them to, they're usually rising higher than they ever did when we were together because we managed and controlled Held to the yes, 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 yes. Okay, so I will say, even though I'm so honest that he annoys the hell out of me, I will also say, wow, he has risen up way more than I ever thought that he would. And sometimes I'm like, damn, cool. I can't believe that you actually knew that or did that. Okay, that is very cool. And what a gift for my children. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. It is a new year and definitely a time of year where divorce ramps up. New year, new me, new lease on life no marriage, I guess, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. And we have none other than Alicia Alcantara from Hello Divorce on with us today to talk about helping you manage your expectations through the divorce process. If you're going through the divorce process, if you're just about to start, or if you're just divorce curious, Alicia is going to help us manage some of our expectations today. And for those of you who don't know, Alicia is the social media manager behind the company Hello Divorce, which is the only complete tech-enabled divorce process available, which means, yes, you can get divorced online if you go to hellodivorce.com. But I digress. Alicia, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and talking about one of my favorite topics. Your favorite topic is divorce or under the umbrella of divorce? My favorite topic is divorce because what I have learned through my own experience and working with Hello Divorce is we don't talk about this enough and we don't talk about it in a destigmatized light. So I love talking about divorce. Um, It's what made me stay stuck in my marriage for a long time. It's what keeps people stuck in their marriages. So yeah, divorce, divorce, divorce. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And I love the way that you guys are as a company are helping to jump on board the, I don't want to say pro-divorce train, but the train of people who are here to destigmatize and say, okay, if you got divorced, you're still a good person. You could still live a great life. And you guys do that in such a beautiful way. So you see it all because you're like on the front lines at Hello Divorce, fielding DMs and and creating content. Why don't you share about your experience with Hello Divorce and how you got involved in all of that? So the founder is Erin Levine, and she and I have been, she and I have been friends since I was like seventeen. She's Erin's like, been on the podcast, so the Moms yes. Moving On community definitely knows her. Yes, we love Erin, um, and. It's really funny, actually, because she's a couple years older than I am. And when I met her, she was even in like kind of a saving role with me. So it's like not by coincidence that she's now started a company that is founded on helping people move forward in a healthy and beneficial way in their life, because that's exactly what she was for me the night that I met her. And um, it was kind of through a really crazy and traumatic experience that we became fast friends and we were like inseparable for several years. And now here we are like 25, six years later (laughs) working together. And I love it. You know, Erin started this company and I was not divorced yet when she started the company. And I was just kind of watching what was happening. 
So I wasn't divorced yet, but I love this. I was divorced curious and I was probably even more than divorced curious. I was divorce ready, <laughs> but it was so hard. You already had one hey. toe in the divorce pond. At least a toe for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just so hard to take that next step. So I'm watching her account and the things that she's sharing and just feeling this connection with it cut to, you know, a year or two later. And I am going through my own divorce and felt so isolated and had so many questions. And I was scared, like many people are, to open up Pandora's box of each of us getting attorneys because my husband is not a bad guy. We just, we were not right for each other anymore. We definitely stayed together for too long. So it got to that like toxic stage and we needed to move forward, but I did not want to go. I was just petrified of spending all the money that we had and hating each other in the end. So luckily I was able to call Aaron to get me through some things. I know we're going to talk about adjusting our expectations today because yeah. that's what it really was. And um, I just pinged her all the time, like, Hey, let me know when you have a space for me there. And finally we created this opportunity for me to take on social media. And I love it because people are so alone and scared and vulnerable and they will DM me. And I answer DMs. I encourage people to DM us. And sometimes they'll like share all this stuff and I don't know them and they don't know me. And then they just end it with thanks for being here and allowing me to say this. And yep. that's what lights me up. That's what yep. is like, this is why I'm here. I know. I know. I, I tend to read my DM requests in the morning. And for me, it's the same thing. Like I'll get paragraphs and paragraphs of a situation and then I'm waiting for the actual question. And it's like, I didn't really have a question. I just wanted to share because I thought you'd understand. And I'm like, you know, thank God we're out here doing this. Because yes. you don't, you you take it for granted once you're in already in this space, like divorce is our whole world. We're talking about it with colleagues on podcasts, on social media, but for some people, they have nobody. So anyway, I love that you're doing this. You're also educating. And I want to know from you, because I think you more recently went through divorce than me, right? Uh, it was finalized like two years ago. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about these expectations that people have about divorce? Because for me, I work with clients one-on-one and they all come to me with these sort of like preconceived notions about divorce and how the process might go, which then leads to these expectations that are never really going to be met. So what do you have to say about this? Yes. And I think that, so there's an overarching idea of expectations and then they fall into buckets right? Mm -hmm. Because there's expectations of how it's going to look for the paperwork and for the money and for the relationship and the co-parenting. So it's, I think it's important to identify that. So there's this overarching set of expectations and we really need to do some deep work within ourselves to get past these expectations. And sometimes we think, okay, yes, I've, I've aligned myself. I understand being divorced and we're going our separate ways. And then you get into these little subcategories and you start finding triggers like regularly. And you have to be in with your, <laughs> hi, all of us. Okay. All right. No, no, but for real, like I remember think I, when I was approaching divorce, I was like, okay, I could do this. I've been through worse. I could I could live without a man. I can raise my kid. I could do all these things. It was everything that fell into those buckets that I wasn't prepared for. I love the way you just described that. Wow. And that is where there's you have a choice to make. And you know, oh gosh, I love your videos are so great because you address the issues and you don't maybe say what the people who are following you expect you to say. 
But you say the truth. So having one reasonable parent, allowing kids to be with their co-parents if there's a special event, even though it's your parenting time, all because those all are tied to certain expectations. So when we get into these, you know, subcategories and these things come up, we have a choice to make on which way, which path we're going to take. Each path has this end result. And so what I learned through my divorce, and it was not easy, it's much easier to talk about this right now, right? But something would come up and I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's not right. That's not the way that this is supposed to be. And what are you doing? And oh my gosh, I can't stand you. And you're so annoying. And you go down all these things or maybe it's anger and resentment that comes up. And it's a real easy loop to get back into. There's a right way for this to be done. And I'm going to make sure that we go down that path that this is fair and right and blah, blah, blah. But if you play that out and you get to the end, you're like, oh, and now I have completely created this toxic environment where I still have to co-parent with you. My kids will be the losers in this situation. And I'm going to be filled with this energy long term that doesn't feel good. So we have a choice to make. And that was really the exercise I had to go through over and over and over again is playing out the different scenarios, really thinking about the pros and cons of each situation and going to that end path. Okay, where am I at at the end of this? And how do I feel? This is not about the other co-parent. This is about my kids. And it's about the way I'm going to feel in the end when we get there. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people will come and say, well, my friend or my cousin or whoever got this amount of money in the divorce. So I should get the same thing or they didn't get, their ex didn't get 50-50 custody. So why should mine? And the the word you mentioned that jumps out at me is fair because there, I believe there is no fair in co-parenting unless it's fair for the kids, right? And it's so hard when you're working with somebody or you are the mom in that process to th- to think about anything outside of your relationship with the children, because for you, that's sacred and that's the most important thing. But we forget that what's fair for them is a healthy experience with both parents and, you know, having to burst somebody's bubble about that is hard to do. That's right. That is the biggest thing is understanding there's a new definition for fair and you may not like it, but it's what's in the best interest of your child, mm-hmm. period. And I know for the people that are working with you or following you, they're here because they are interested in creating the most envi- uh, healthy environment for their child. They're not interested in having the most fair and toxic relationship with their ex. So this is something that happened for me in my divorce. And again, this there was just stuff that happened over and over. I took a lot of walks <laughs> during oh. my divorce process, right? I'm still walking, <laughs> girl. Every time I get stressed a lot, Everybody in my neighborhood knows I'm out there like pounding the pavement. Thank God for walks. I would walk just, I mean, I'd walk for hours because I would start so highly elevated in my emotions and then just walk and process. And by the time it was done, it like brought me back to center with myself. Because it's so easy to get off center with yourself when you're dealing with your ex and your co-parent. And again, you talk about going back to expectations. The number one thing that we have to do is to get centered and get right with ourselves and understand we're going to be triggered, but bring it back to us. It's not the mm-hmm. co- our co-parent or our ex's job to help us get back to center because I'm going to give you a big secret here. It never works like that. They don't care anymore. I mean, you share this. Your ex doesn't care. They don't care what you think or how you feel or your emotional 
status anymore. This Nor- is on well, us. And that's, that's perhaps the biggest expectation to adjust is like, you know, we've left this marital cycle now physically, we have to do it emotionally, which means no more caring about people's emotions. And that's, that takes a while for some people to bridge that gap for sure. Yes. So we, my my ex and I had a very, um, we were just really complacent in our divorce. We actually lived together for quite a while after we separated and my new partner moved in with us because he was in another state and it was the pandemic and (laughs) <laughs> it was That's like my, our, our friend Linda over at Fruits at Motherhood. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a unique situation and gives you the opportunity to work through a lot of stuff. So we took far too long to submit our final paperwork because in our original agreement, we were going to pay 50-50 for the kids' school. My kids have always been in private school. Um, alternative learning like Montessori. And that was our agreement. I mean, everything else in their life changed. I thought their schooling should stay consistent. So fast forward a year and he has a new partner. I have a new partner. His new partner and his values have changed over what school looks like. And so the value proposition for him was much lower. And Mm -hmm. he decided he didn't want to pay for school anymore. And for me, it was hard and I think this is the trap that people fall into it's your kids so when one of the parents isn't showing up in a way that you think they should show up for your kids there's a lot of emotions that go into that right it's not just about what's happening but it's also your baby so that mama bear mode comes in like it's your kid of course you're mm-hmm. gonna do this why wouldn't you do this for your child and this could have really tripped this up and it was not a small thing this is the difference of maybe him providing $100,000 over the next 10 years for mm-hmm. the kids and not falling on me. And I remember calling Aaron, too, because I'm like, what do I do? Like, we're supposed to, we're at the final steps of getting our divorce finalized, and now he's making this change. And this is the part where I had to go so deep inside. I took three days when I didn't have the kids, and I went to, like, my favorite place. It's just a, it's a place that provides me peace and comfort. And I look out this beautiful window out onto the water and I knew I needed to go away and be with myself and write and think and cry. Like, you know, we so often show up and say, this is not about not feeling your emotions. No one's asking anybody to not feel like you're going to be angry. You're going to be sad. You're going to have grief. And you can also be processing and moving forward and creating Mm -hmm. a healthier outcome while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So I sat there at this window with my journal and just wrote, what are my choices? What's the path? Well, I can go get an attorney and we can go to court and fight over what I believe is $100,000 that he's not going to pay over time. How much is that going to cost me? And how much like negative energy and emotion is that going to bring? And also then what does our relationship look like co-parenting moving forward after spending this time, me making, fighting him to pay for something that he doesn't have any value in anymore. This is really something that I want and I am their mom. This is of high value to me. Um, So really processing. Okay. We go back to fair. Well, it might not be fair. If you just put this on paper, that's not fair. That mom's going to spend $30,000 or whatever it is for school and dad's not paying anything. But if I go from a more holistic approach, like you're talking about, what is fair? Well, my kid's entire life just changed. They now have two homes. Mom and dad aren't together. 
everything, we have new partners, everything is different for them. So we can keep the consistency of them being in school and being in a place where I believe they're seen as whole people and getting an education that they are used to. And I just went back to him after processing all of this and said, okay, I'm willing to pay for school for them. And it was scary. Like that was a big thing for me. Like I bought him out of the house. Now I'm taking on paying for school. Am I going to be able to do this financially? But as their mom, like if their dad wasn't around, if something happened to him, this is the decision I would make as their mom, as a whole human. Yep. That's what I would do is I'd put my kids in this school. Uh So he can choose not to show up in that. And I have to adjust my expectations and say, this is what I want for my kids. So I'm going to show up and make it happen. And I think I just asked him, like, well, let me claim them both of the kids on the taxes, which is like 2500 bucks, whatever. And he agreed, and that's fine. And we were able to continue them on. Actually, I put them in a, a new school. And it was so wonderful for my children. They thrived in school last year. We're there again this year. And watching, the, and I think he sees it too. And still, it doesn't matter about fair. It doesn't matter that he sees how well they're doing, but he's not paying. I don't even think that like, oh, yeah, you see how well they're doing, but you're not paying for it. As their mom... I am so glad that I stepped out on faith and I didn't go through this other path that would have just created so much negativity. I moved in faith and I I put that energy out there and the universe has provided. Like I've been able to make the money and pay for them and take them and they're doing so well. I love that you made this choice and I love even more that you're sharing it because this is a perfect definition of taking the co-parenting high road for your children. I think a lot of people, when I share this on social media, I'm sure you see in the comments, a lot of people are like, you know, I'm not eating any more shit for my ex and I need to, like I already put up with enough or why should I, or why should, and I can't argue with people. I don't respond to these people, but the why is your children. And like you said, if your ex didn't exist on this planet or, you know, a black hole came and sucked him away, you would still be sending your kids to this school. And therein lies the answer. And when we do things, you know, from a matter of principle or spite or fair in the co-parenting process, your kids will always freaking lose out. It's here. Oh my God, I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? Class is in session and it is time for you to master your divorce. I am Michelle Dempsey-Maltak, the creator of Moving On School, and I want to welcome you to Moving On 101, the one and only class you'll need in order to master the concepts of getting divorced and co-parenting your children so that you can truly move on. In this eight-week program, we'll meet week by week to help you move past each phase and first of the divorce and co-parenting process so that you can move on in an empowered way while making the best decisions for your children. 
visit www.momsmovingon.com to apply for our next semester of Moving On School coming in January. I want to touch on something else you said that has to do with expectations, feelings. Talked about whether I'm feeling better or, you know, sad as I move through the divorce process, whatever. I noticed there is this expectation from women, especially women who have chosen the divorce, that they shouldn't go through all these emotions. I wanted this divorce. Why do I still feel this way? I wanted Mm -hmm. to leave him. He was terrible. Why do I still feel this way? And I always say, because not, not wanting to be in a relationship and, you know, not experiencing loss are two very different things. It's still a loss, whether you wanted it or not. So I was wondering if you, if you get that on your end as well. We get that so much. And I felt that I wanted to not be in this relationship. We get so, if you're listening to this right now and you haven't actually said the words, I want a divorce, you're so not alone. Like that's, the biggest comment I get in DMs, people are just so scared to move forward. And then when they do, they have so many emotions tied to it. So it makes them question if they're making the right choice. And that's what's really interesting about this divorce process and why I do love talking about it and want to talk about it more. Because what happens is people, women want a divorce, but then because they might feel sad or scared or anxious, they transpose that into doubt and am I making the right choice? Am I doing something wrong? No, this is not an either or situation. It's an and situation. And like, you know, words like but and or I like to remove those like and replace them with and because we can have two opposing feelings at the same time. And without us talking about this, it creates a lot of cloudiness and we need to get more clarity that that's okay those are normal feelings you're grieving so much especially if you're in the age range I would say of like mid 30s to mid to late 40s not only are you grieving the loss of the actual relationship but we were groomed from birth especially women to be wives and mothers and have this family the narrative has changed a lot now so you're grieving this I, this loss of an identity and an idea and a future. There's so much to be sad about or to be grieving, even if you want the divorce. I, I just think it's so normal. Yeah. And I, I always say that social media doesn't do anybody any favors because you'll wake up and you'll, you'll open your Instagram and they'll have quotes like, you know, go out and slay the day and like, you know, be your best self. And you're like, I'm fucking dying here, man. What yeah. do you mean? Like my marriage just ended. And so I'm, yeah, this go is drink I'm a like, smoothie. You'll be okay. Right. This is when I'm like, we don't, you know, follow any of these toxic positivity outlets because among other things, social media has made people feel like they have to be out there living their best lives. And you're very far from that in the beginning of a divorce process. And also this idea of the stages of grief being linear, like, oh, what stage of grief are you in? I don't know. This morning I was happy, but three hours later, I can't tear myself out of bed, you know? So also just allowing yourself to feel as many as of the feelings that you need to feel in a day and knowing that that's normal and not expecting you need to feel a certain way. I think that's a huge one when we talk about expectations. Absolutely. So there's this thing with expectations 
whether it be for ourselves or other people, when you're feeling triggered or angry or upset, I would say a tool is to sit down, sit down with yourself quietly or go on a walk, whatever it is that you can do, give yourself some space and get curious, explore, go deeper than that surface feeling. Because even when we're feeling upset or frustrated with ourselves, because I get this, like I should be past this already. It's been a year. It's been two years. And like you said, it's not linear. So that's all tied to an expectation. And if you can just get with yourself and get curious in a very non-judgmental way and dig in, dig in and see what it's tied to, you're going to find I would say a hundred percent of the time that it's tied to an expectation. It's mm-hmm. tied to a story. It's tied to an old attachment. And once you can recognize that, then you can start to work on dispelling that and just accepting. And 99% of the time for the women I work with and for myself personally, it's tied to this people pleasing tendency where you feel like if you let anybody else down, you have failed, you are no good. And like you said, there is an end. You can end a marriage and still be a good person. It's not one or the other. Both can be true. So I love that you shared that. You know, and I, one of my, I I think my expectations in my first marriage were highly unfair. Like I put my ex in a situation to just be somebody he wasn't and then got mad when he wasn't. And I fully own that. But one of my favorite quotes from Ernest Hemingway, I believe, is expectation is the root of all heartache. And it really is true with co-parenting as well as getting past a marriage, because I could tell you almost six years out, you know, people will be like, how long before I'm over it? Well, you're going to get past the the big emotions and you're going to be able to move on with your life. But there will always be a moment for you once a year, maybe three times a year where you're like, man, I wonder how it could have been if we were able to fix these problems or would be nice if there was, you know, my my daughter's father here with me today to experience this with her. You know, you're, that's normal and you have to allow for it. So to expect that you're never going to feel sad or negative feelings about your divorce is, is really unfair. And, and then you will have it a break. Is. It is. And then you might judge yourself for it because for the most part, uh, my ex and I co-parent fine. That does not mean he does not annoy me. Mm-hmm. He highly annoys me. I right. don't agree totally with the way that he parents. And I love that you said that too. I, I, I did this. I think a lot of us do this. I definitely expected him to be a different person than he was. And it was unfair. And I can reflect and see my, my part in the downfall of the relationship. I mean, which never should have been because we, we just shouldn't have been together. Uh, And so I I don't put those things on him anymore, but there are, gosh, I am so annoyed sometimes, but that's the growth, right? That's the, if I allow him his process, I see he's doing the best he can. It's not what I would do, but that's why we should have never been together, but we were, and we have these kids now. How can we get through this together the best that we can? Yeah. And, and I think a great place to end would be on the idea of expecting our exes to parent like we do. This is, I, I, I was like this. I was also the annoying ex-wife that would send like articles and links as to why my ex should listen to me and do things my way until I realized that my daughter had an opportunity with him that I never had with my own dad, which was 
for her to adapt to life the way daddy does it and to give him the opportunity to find his own comfortable routine and fatherhood. And I'm so grateful I was able to step away and do that because that meant their secure attachment, you know, with, without me meddling or standing in the way. And I realized the more I meddled, the less of a good co-parenting relationship we would have. And so the expectation that people are going to do do it like you, and if they don't, it's bad, is not fair because- It's not. You're two totally separate people now living two totally separate lives. Yes. And I love that you're saying it that way because this can become an uncomfortable conversation because you're talking about someone's child or their children. And we understand as moms how sacred that relationship is, how much you love your children. And most actions that moms are taking, it's from like the deepest part of love. Even if they're not the actions they should be taking, we can understand that it's coming from love. And we're trying to, like, for me, I was trying to be preventative in any which way, you know, because I would think worst case scenario, and I wrote about this in my book, she's going to climb out of her crib in the middle of the night and he's not going to hear it. And she's going to walk into oncoming traffic and that'll be that. And oh my God. And this is where my brain went. And I'm like, yes. you know, Googling in the middle of the night, like, what can, can we put sensors in her room for him? To, and my God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I did the same thing about the sensors because his partner, my kids are in the basement and it's a daylight basement. But I was like, I mean, there's a door down there. Are you going to put sensors? Oh gosh, Michelle, this is this like trap. That so I get, get it. I get why moms would be that way. But this is what I help them to see is that yeah. your ex can do things differently than you. And there's that and again, and still be a good, loving, protective, safe parent. Absolutely. And I think that there's a few benefits from this that you hit on is one, the co-parent gets the opportunity to rise to the occasion. Even if they don't rise to the level that you want them to, they're usually rising higher than they ever did when we were together because we managed and controlled everything. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I will say, even though I'm so honest that he annoys the hell out of me, I will also say, wow, he has risen up way more than I ever thought that he would. And sometimes I'm like, damn, cool. I can't believe that you actually knew that or did that. Okay. That is very cool. And what a gift for my children. Ah, other- you were like <laughs> speaking my language. Yes. <laughs> the other thing that you also touched on, that is something that I have really embodied. So people, the strongest people, the most successful people, they have had some sort of adversity in their life that they have overcome. I'm sure your daughter, my kids, they have very comfortable lives. I'm like, how can I make some adversity in your life? Because I'm not totally sure how you're going to make it later. I mean, but I haven't, <laughs> right? My little I mean, I princess offered, of a child. I know. I'm with you. I there. offered to take Flat Stanley for your daughter to the Golden Gate Bridge <laughs> because I get it. I was like, but no, like, you have to let me do this. She has to have that. So sometimes that it's was hard. Awesome, sometimes, by the way. <laughs> I really wanted to do it too. Sometimes there are tears and sometimes it is hard. And sometimes I have to just say, I know, baby, I know it hurts. I know you want to stay here and I love you. And I send them off. My kids will, kids are resilient. They're strong. They're adaptive. They're amazing. And they get this opportunity to be in another environment. Maybe in that environment, there's more alcohol than there is in my environment or more video games or whatever it is. 
there's also more siblings and there's a different family structure. They now get the opportunity to have exposure to different lives and what feels good to them, what doesn't feel good. This happens for kids as they go through school and they have different teachers or they have different jobs. So I had to find some like reconciliation and some peace that things might be differently, different there, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It's Mm -hmm. different. And, and that's one of the things I feel like you really show up and talk about is, and also like Jay Skibbins, I love, I love following him and, you know, co-parenting. I think you've had him on as well is, but what happens in my home? And that's what I get to control. So letting go of those expectations of how things are done at the other house, that has been a gift. Because also, yeah, I don't have to spend so much time Googling and sending him articles. <laughs> exactly. No, I had such a growth moment last night, personally. Um, it was my night, but my ex got tickets for him and Bella to go to a, a baseball game. His favorite team was in town. And I I was like, okay, I have two choices here. I can freak the fuck out that she's going to be staying up way later than I want her to on a Monday night. Or I can say, oh my God, these are the things that kids remember one day when they grow up. She's not going to remember if she was well-rested for school. She's probably not going to remember what she did today in school anyway. Like the memory. (laughs) And then not only, so I celebrated this for her. I'm like, you're going to go with daddy to this game. How much fun. I put a note in her lunchbox yesterday, like, you know, about get ready for the big game tonight. Whereas a few years ago, I would have been trying to do anything in my power to stop it because I was so nervous about the later bedtime. And it allowed for opportunity for him to send me pictures from the game because he knew I wasn't pissed about it. And, you know, she called me after she had caught a ball. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I have chills talking about it. She'll remember this experience with her dad forever. I'm certainly never taking her to a baseball game. Like, how (laughs) lucky for her to have the experience going going to bed late and being tired today will not have an impact on her long-term, you know, growth. But she'll remember this forever. And she'll remember and think, this forever. As a practical tool, there's a way that you can be frustrated, annoyed, and disappointed and still not talk smack about your co-parent and still provide a great environment for the kids. Along with that, I love that you said that because we share pictures too. And sometimes I think like, thank goodness. And I understand that everybody can, but like, had I gone after him for this money for school, would we be sharing pictures on our, no, no, that's the thing is like, if you're in a bad spot, you're not going to get the reciprocity you really want. And I love getting those pictures. So last week, um, my kids just talked to me more than dad and I've accepted it. And I also find a balance because I don't want to just be their spokesperson with dad. Right. Um, But I knew there was something my son wanted and I called him and I was like, Listen, Bradley really wants to just go. It was like so simple. Go get donuts with you. So even if you just take Bradley to get donuts and bring them back to the people at the house, like he just wants to go with you. I don't know why, but he keeps talking about this. So, um, and then there's like this harvest festival and I'm like, cool. If you guys go to the harvest festival and even if there are donuts there, take him the next day, just you and him and bring them back to everybody at the house. So the weekend goes by and then I FaceTime with my son and he's like, well, we went to this place and they had free donuts. But I don't understand because daddy didn't take me out to go get donuts. I wanted to just go with him and get donuts. And I was like, oh, um, I'm not sure. I'm sure that's disappointing. And after I got off the phone and my my partner was in the car, I was like, could I have been more clear? I called you and said, take him to get donuts. But the thing is, because I'm in a different place, I don't have to control and manage that situation with my ex. It doesn't matter if I'm annoyed. He doesn't even have to know unless he listens to this episode that I'm annoyed. What can I do? 
Well, my partner was like, cool. On Thursday, when Bradley comes home to us, I'm going to go and take him to get donuts. Oh, and I, was I like, love that. Thank you, babe. So there's a way that your co-parent can still disappoint you and maybe not do things that you want them to do. And you can still show up for the kids without creating a conflict situation or a situation where the kid has to feel badly about it. Amen. I think this is this is really all-encompassing of everything we wanted to cover. It all starts with adjusting your expectations and then finding you'll be pleasantly surprised with the relationship journey that your co- you and your co-parent take together. It's a beautiful thing if you just remember that expectation is the root of all heartache, right? Alicia, where can everybody it. find you if they want to connect with you or learn more about Hello Divorce? Yes, at Hello Divorce on Instagram. And actually, we're doing a discount code for your listeners. Love it. M-M-O, Moms Moving On, 100. So we'll do a $100 discount off any of our services, um, including our DIY plan, which is only $99. And we don't usually do that, but we are big fans of Michelle and her community. So M-M-O, 100 will get you $100 off any service that we provide. Thank you, my love. And to everybody listening, happy new year. Hope all is well. Connect with us if you need us. We'd love to hear from you and we'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms, and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my Moving On Method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Maltak, Certified Divorce and Co-Parenting Specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.